I was going to say, Pastor, I took up my time, but how, how many of you know the Holy Spirit took up my time this morning? Amen? Amen. And he's the orchestrator of the service. And so we just bless him. Let's just lift up our Bibles. Say this after me. This is God's Word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the Word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Father, I bless you, Lord God, for your word today. And I thank you, Lord God, that you have already been glorified in this place. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor, Lord God. We bless you. And we ask, Lord God, even as the word comes forth, that, Father, you would change our hearts. You would change our minds. You would really do a work on the inside. I pray, Lord God, that you'd wear me like a coat this morning. That you'd be the substance of everything that's said. And we promise to give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, and everyone say, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Wow. This is a great day. Do you know that today is the beginning of signing up for True Groups? Oh my gosh, I am so excited about that. I am super excited. I'm super excited. And uh, the reason I'm so excited is because True Groups is one of the, 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 the most uh, effective way for somebody to grow in Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. In fact, today I'm going to be talking about big growth happens in small groups. Big growth happens in small groups. Turn with, your, uh, with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. Uh, we're going to be reading from verse 37. Matthew 22, verse 37. And when you get to Matthew 22, uh, if you have one of those strings in your Bible and you don't know what to do with it, put it right there. And then I want you to turn with me. After you found Matthew 22, just keep your finger there and turn over to Romans chapter 13. In fact, 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now we're doing a series called Grown Ups. Grown Ups, amen? And one of the things that we've discovered is that spiritual maturity isn't measured by how much Bible you know. It's really measured by how much Bible you do, amen? In fact, it's, uh, maturity is displayed more by behavior than belief. How many of you know there are doctors who believe that smoking will kill you, but they still smoke? How many of you don't matter what you believe if you don't do what you believe? Amen? And maturity is easier to say than to display. It's the walk behind the talk. Come on now. It's living out what people shout. That's what maturity is. Maturity is what I see you do, not what I hear you say. And there's so many people who talk a nice talk, but the maturity shows up when they get under pressure and when they're around other people. Then we see who they really are on the inside. Can somebody say amen? amen. What we've discovered in this series is that selfish, self-centered, self-serving, self-absorbed, self-focused thinking are marks of immaturity. That's how babies think. Uh, 
Four years ago, I found out that my wife was pregnant again <laughs> with our third child. And um, I was elated. I was excited. I was ecstatic. I was trying to think of other E words. Um, but at the same time, I was also a little concerned. Uh, for those of you who didn't have, never had children, or those of you having a first child, you know what I'm talking about. Listen, I was concerned because I realized I was going to lose some sleep again. How many of you know that when the baby comes, it don't matter how tired you are, how hungry you are, it doesn't matter how you feel today, what happened at work today, their needs supersede your needs no matter what. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because babies don't care about what you're going through. They only care about what they're going through. Babies don't care what, 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 hey, they don't care if you haven't eaten yet. I'm ready for my food now. And this is how babies think. Babies are selfish. In fact, Babies are so selfish. Listen, my daughter just learned how to say I love you like, you know, several months ago. saying I love you and she says it all the time. She don't know what love is. She don't know what love is. Because she coming into the bed wanting to sleep. I'm sorry, babe, uh, honey, uh, mommy and I want to sleep alone. She don't care. She don't know what love is. In fact... All the days of her life, we're going to be trying to train her and teach her what love is until she becomes an adult. Because even when she's a teenager, she's going to think she knows what love is. She's going to think she's in love. And they call it puppy love. You you know what I'm saying? And the reason we call it puppy love is why? Because it's not mature. It's not mature. The unfortunate thing is, there's a lot of Christians who walk around thinking they are mature, but they still think about themselves only. What about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? What about my needs? What about me? What have you done for me lately? It's all about me. And selfishness is the root of immaturity. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 11 says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Here's the interesting thing. We've, we've, we've heard Pastor Eben has, has broken the scripture down. But here's an interesting thing about this scripture. This scripture is found in what many people call the love chapter. This is a chapter that we hear when we go to weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not easily angered. It's not easily provoked. It keeps no record of wrong. It believes all things. It trusts. This is the chapter that talks about love and how unselfish love is. And then Paul says, let me kind of wrap this up and conclude this for you. You see, when I was a child, I used to think a particular way. But now that I'm a man, I've learned what love really is. You see, when I was was spiritually immature, it was all about me. 
But now that I've grown up, I've realized I've got to love the way God loves. And so it's all about you. There are some things in our lives that will never grow unless we learn how to be a blessing to other people. It's not just about your Bible. It's about other believers. It's not just about your time with God. It's time with others. And the reason we are so excited about true groups is this. Because you get an opportunity when you get in a group to grow in the area of love for other people. You get an an opportunity to grow up in ways you can never grow if it's just about you and God alone. And so if you want to grow up, if you want big growth in your life, you need to be in a small group. You need to connect with people that you can love and care for and share with and who can love and care and share back with you. Hallelujah. Look, look, let's look at what G, how Jesus puts it. Turn over with me to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22. It's really interesting what, what's going on with, with Jesus because he's talking to the Sadducees, he's talking to Pharisees, and we're going to pick it up in verse 35. Verse 35. Let's go to 34. But when the Sadducees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, Sadducees, they're sad, you see, don't worry about it. They gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And when he said that, Everybody was satisfied. And everybody was good. And the Pharisee was like, okay, man, he got it. He got it down, okay? But then, Jesus goes on. He says, and the second. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait. Well, Jesus, um, we only asked you for one law. We said, which is the greatest? He says, yeah, but, I, I, and the second. He said, but why, why are you telling us a second? We only asked you for one. Say, but you, you have to hear me, guys. Because the one without the other is incomplete. Because it's easy for you to tell me that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. Because I can't see that. But I can see whether you love your neighbor as yourself. I can see how you treat other people. And I can tell whether you're mature or not. You can tell me that you pray, but I see if you gossip. Oh, you're not hearing me this morning. You see, you can tell me that you fast, but I see your greed. You see, I see how you treat people. Here's the problem. The Pharisees had all the externals down. They knew how to pray, and they knew how to fast, and they studied scripture. And by golly, they went to church every Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. They showed up. And they looked right, and they dressed right, and their hair was right, and everything was okay. They didn't even smoke or drink. Can you imagine? They didn't even cuss. I mean, they had it down. But as they would say in Texas, they were as mean as a rattlesnake on the 4th of July. 
I don't know if they said that in Texas. I just, I just forget so did right. Man, they couldn't get along with anybody. They had uh, unforgiveness issues. They had bitterness issues. They were getting back at people or making sure you watch me and you, you think you can get away with that. Man, they had all sorts of stuff going on in their system. And the thing with Jesus was, Jesus was calling them out on it. You see, what was happening is this. If you just said, Jesus, that loving God was all we needed to do, we've got that down because nobody can test us on that. But when you start talking about other people, Put me in problems. Because now I've got to treat people right. Here's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was trying to show us today. Even today. He's saying you can't separate your relationship with God. From your relationship with others. You can't say hey. I'm really strong Christian. Because I spend time with God. But I have bitterness in my heart towards others. You see this only works. If this is working. Are you with me? The two are a part of a whole. Jesus was saying, it's incomplete if you think you have one down and you don't have the other. And there are too many Christians who, guess what? They're so focused on this, they go, I don't need people. And Jesus says, you've got to be crazy. I died for people. Don't you understand? People are at the center of my heart. The whole reason I came to earth was not for God, was for people. It was God who sent me here for you. You see, it's easier to think you're mature when there's no one around to challenge you. Well, it's easier to think you love people when there's nobody unlovely near you. It's easier to think you're so peaceful if you're all by yourself. Man, if you're by yourself and you're not peaceful, you need help. <laughs> but when people come that rub against you and that start to shave you down and start to, you know, rub. When that happens and you can be Christ-like, that's maturity right there. Amen. And that's why we have true groups. <laughs> because true groups are designed to help you to grow in ways you could never grow by yourself. You never do it by yourself. And so we can't separate. We can't just go, hey, you know, it's just a me and God thing. Listen, the only thing, think about this. The only thing God said was not good about creation was that man was alone. And, and, and here's the thing. Even though man had God with him. God used to visit Adam in the cool of the day every single day. He had a relationship with God. He was intimate with God. And God still said, it's not good that he doesn't have other humans around him. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. Kimosabe. Somebody like, who? <laughs> Right? Starsky had Hutch. Batman had Robin. Tom had Jerry. No, that, that's a feud. That's a fight. But listen, listen to this. Jesus had the 12 disciples. And here's the thing. If there was anybody in this world who didn't need anybody in this world, it was Jesus. 
And he didn't just choose one person. He chose 12. He decided, I'm going to be a part of a small group because I recognize there's a principle here that I do better when there's more of us than when there's just me alone. And that's the truth. And that's why we're excited about small groups. That's why we have small groups here at True Group, uh, Word of Truth. Because so many people say, what about midweek service? Let me tell you something. You can come to a midweek service. It's just like Sunday morning. You don't know anybody. But when you're in that small group, you know 5, 6, 7, 10, 12 people. And they're pushing you and you're pushing them. They're helping you. You're helping them. You grow. Because you're teaching each other. You're encouraging each other. You're walking with each other. No one is walking alone. And every time I talk to people and they're going through stuff and I say, are you in a small group? No. I'm going, you are missing out. So many of the issues that you're facing right now would be dealt with if you just had a group of people who were walking through it with you. God never meant us to walk alone. Amen? So I'm going to tell you three things real quick in uh, three ways that true group help you mature. Number one, true groups help you blow up selfishness. Just blow it up. Uh, I remember um, when I was a, a teenager, my, my first small group, I was, I was a teenager and we had a, a leader, his name is Sarge. And to this day, I'm still in touch with Sarge. Sarge was my best man at my wedding. And Sarge was it's just a guy who's just, just awesome. But he was my first true group, not true group, we call them care groups back then. But he was my first care group leader. And I remember when uh, my mother got sick, I was in the orchard, she had overdosed and she was in the hospital. And, and uh, Pastor spoke about this so many times. But she was in the hospital, she was on that bed. And when I got to the hospital, who was there? Sarge. Sarge was at the hospital by my mother's bedside when I got there. And I'm thinking, oh my word. Here it is. My care group leader was there to reach out and care for me and my mother. My mother wasn't saved, but he was there. That's what care groups do. That's what true groups do. Sorry, I'm going to get them mixed up right here. True group is a place you learn to serve people, not yourself. You know what? Do you realize that the more you serve people is the less your problems seem big? You ever have a problem and then you hear somebody else call you and tell you, boy, you know what? Something devastating happened in their life. All of a sudden you feel like, what was I worried about? You ever feel that way? Amen. Amen. That's what happens when you're in a true group. When you're by yourself, you know what? Your problem seems like the biggest problem in the world. You feel like there's nobody going through what I'm going through. But when you get in a group and you hear people say, oh yeah, I've been through that. Let me tell you what I did. You're like, oh, really? How many of you in here have prayed for somebody while you were in a true group? Like you prayed out and prayed for someone. Let me see your hands. Wait. You see that? That kills selfishness in your life. It destroys the root of selfishness. And selfishness is the root of immaturity. If you can overcome selfishness, you overcome immaturity like this. Listen, 1 John 3.16. I'm going to turn there real quick. 1 John 3.16. A lot of people know John 3.16. But not a lot of people know 1 John 3.16. Here's what 1 John 3.16 says. By this we know love 
Because he laid down his life for us. And we, listen to this part, ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. <laughs> now let me confess something real quick. I ain't there yet. I ain't there yet. Okay? Um, I might even have a hard time giving you my kidney, much less my life. And I've got two of those. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not there yet. <laughs> but here's, here's what I do know. You know where it starts? In a small group. It starts when you connect with people deeply and intimately. Jesus wants us to love people the way he loves us. And the only way we can do that is connecting pe with people closely and intimately. And the only place that happens is in a small group. True groups give you the opportunity to grow out of your selfishness and put love in practice. That's what we do in true groups here at Word of Truth. Hallelujah. Amen. True groups help you to blow up selfishness. Here's the other thing. True groups help you to grow up spiritually. Grow up spiritually. Um, Ephesians 4.16 says this. And I love this. It says, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow so that the body is healthy and growing and full of love. As each part does its work, it helps the other part to grow. Uh, for example, um, I'm connected to Greg. And um, so, so with Greg, uh, Greg is one of the coaches of our true groups. And I'll call Greg and I'll encourage him and I'll you know, talk to Greg. And even as I'm preaching here, Greg is being encouraged. So as I'm doing my part, he's growing. Was he does his part to Bruce. He's you know, encouraging Bruce sometimes outside. And guess what? Bruce is growing. And then as Bruce continues to cook brisket for me. I'm growing. Not in the right way, but I'm growing. The point is this. As every person does their part, guess what? Everybody starts to, starts to grow. Is it Jesus? Here's what Jesus is so good. Uh, the disciples said to him, Hey, uh, Jesus, how should we pray? You know what he says? He says, Say this, our Father. Not my Father. He says, When you go to God, say, Our Father. Why? Because this thing is about the group. It's about the group. And so many times we live our Christianity based on us and God alone. He says, Father, that they may be one, as you and I are one. That's not, that's not something that's going to happen in a crowd. That's something that's going to happen in a group. That's going to happen in community. You see, I mean, years, here it is, 25 years later, I'm still connected to the people who were in my first true group. 25 years later, I'm still talking to Julie and to Tina. I'm still talking to Nigel. I'm still talking to Wayne. I'm still talking to all these people who years and years ago were just a part of my growth in Christ. They were a part of the little baby decisions I had to make. Not the big ones now, but the little baby ones that seemed huge at the time. They were a part. They were there. They were encouraging. They were saying, you can do it. They were doing all this kind of stuff. And years later, we all have children... They're going gray. <laughs> I'm looking good. But we're still connected. And here's the, here, here's the point. Here's the point. 
And when you connect with people on that level, they become people who walk with you through life. You don't walk alone. You walk together. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. True groups help you show up the enemy. It shows up the enemy. It, it, you see, it, it blows up selfishness. It grows you up spiritually. But it shows up the enemy. I, I want to tell you something. A lone sheep is easy prey for a wolf. And we're building a church where nobody walks alone. Because we know that if we allow people to walk by themselves, the enemy has an easy target. There are some sins you will not overcome unless you allow someone else in your life to know about it. Alright, let me, let, me, let, me, let me say it this way. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to do what? To forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God says, if you confess your sins to me, I will forgive you. James chapter 5 says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. That you may be healed. Okay, if you confess your sins to God, you get forgiveness. If you confess your sins to others, you get healing. Forgiveness, healing. There are a lot of people walking around forgiven, but they're not healed because they won't allow anybody else in their life besides God to talk to them about what's going on. They don't allow anybody to keep them accountable. They don't allow anybody to say, hey man, you're stepping out of line. And if you look at every great man of God who has fallen, or any, any person, in fact, in Christianity who has fallen, and you say, what was the, why didn't you just deal with that? They're going to tell you the same thing. There was no one I could talk to about it. Didn't you pray? Yes, I prayed. I want you to hear this. Didn't you pray? Yes, I prayed. I prayed long and I prayed hard. But I could trust nobody. And the problem with doing Christianity by yourself is that God reserves some things for the body of Christ to take care of and He won't touch it. Oh, well, 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 yes. Come on. Talk to me, Jesus. See? Listen. This is why this year we have some groups. We call them stages of life. Pastor Sarah referred to them, said they're specialist groups. Listen, we have groups. Uh, listen, if you have issues we've, with marriage, we've got a group for that. If you've got uh, a need for premarital help, there's a group for that. Want to discover your self worth with other women? There's a group for that. Uh, you want to get healing as a man? There's a group for that too. In fact, we're kind of like Apple. We've got an app for that. No matter what you're going through, we've got something for you. And even if you don't find something there, there's a group that's near where you live. There's a group that's near you. There's a group of people who want to warmly welcome you and, and embrace you and walk through life with you. Because we don't want anybody to walk by themselves. Because you can't grow maturely by yourself. Are you getting this? It doesn't work that way. 
Hebrews uh, 3.13 says that we are to exhort one another even as we see the day approaching. So one of the ways to, to avoid sin, one of the ways to make sure that the enemy doesn't throw you off is to be in a group of believers who care for you and are watching out for your good. I want to close with this story. Uh, when I was in Jamaica, I was a, a youth leader and I had a small group of teenagers. And uh, we had about 12, 14 of them. And um, they were all about 16, 17 at the time. One of them actually is now the pastor of our church in Ocho Rios. And that's awesome right there. Amen. In fact, all of them are still walking with the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, two of the girls went on national TV to talk about why they prefer to be a virgin until they get married. That's huge. Amen. But that's the power of a group. Let me, let me tell you why that's the power of a group. Because here too is, the, the, the sweetest girl in the group was a girl named Daniel. And Daniel, um, was so, she was so spiritual, she was so sweet. But Daniel was, uh, started to fall in love with a guy who didn't know Jesus. Far from it too. Guy who used to just bounce basketball past her gate every day as he was going to basketball practice. They ended up talking and Daniel started to like this guy. Well, some girls in the group found out. And so they backed her up one night. They said, what are you doing? She said, I just like him. There's nothing to it. She said, no. She said, don't you know that light and darkness don't go together? Don't you know you can't be un- unequally yoked? What are you doing, girl? You better tell that guy that he is... A- and they talked to her. I mean, they got serious with her too. Well, guess what? Daniel broke up with the guy. Daniel ended up five years later marrying a guy who graduated from seminary, who is on the way to the ministry, a guy who loves the Lord with all his heart, mind, soul, and strength, a guy who is just an awesome, awesome husband. And I think to myself, where would she be today if it weren't for the group? If you're here today, listen to this. I'm talking about grown-ups. If you're here today and you're not in a true group, you need to sign up. It's simple. You need to sign up. You say, well, I don't know the people. That's all right. They don't know you either. He said, Pastor, I don't need anybody to help me. That's okay. Somebody needs you to help them. It's not all about you. So I want to take the time today, really. I want to take the time today and sign up. And sign up for a true group. Get involved. Get connected. Because somebody somewhere needs your help. And you're going to need somebody's help at some point. Amen? Amen. Boy, you heads with me real quick. We're going to pray.